Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Prateek are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Namaskara. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching or listening and welcome to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Prateek. My guest this week is David Farias. David and I met each other through the University of Central Oklahoma and have now known each other for close to two-ish years, I want to say. Uh, in that time, we've not really had a ton of f- full-blown conversations, but uh, the first full-blown conversation that we are having is now up for your enjoyment to listen to and sort of find things that you could relate to. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring him on was because we both have an affinity for soccer and I just wanted to talk about soccer and uh, the psychology associated with it and some other things that David knows about the sport. For those of you who are not soccer fans, don't worry. You don't have to be bored out to death because we've also spoken about topics like planting, unpredictability and representation. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of things that you could relate to, even if that topic is not soccer talk. <laughs> um, other than that, I also apologize for some of the background noise that you might hear during this episode because there were a few technical difficulties that we had to experience during this recording. Other than that, without further ado, I present to you David Farius on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Prateek. Hey David, how's it going? I am tired, but yeah. <laughs> what is the semester? Gotcha. Semester is about to come, and I'm not ready for it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so like, let the people know who you are. Um, some of your likes, some of your dislikes, things that you're interested in. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, hello, my name is David Ferris. I am a student at UCO, currently studying computer science and digital forensics with a minor in criminal justice. Um, I really like plants. Like if you ever met me that I really talk about plants. I have quite a few. Uh, I also like hockey and Mm. soccer. So Mm. I have a few jerseys for them that I wear outside of school. Right. But yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm an open book and I'm glad to be here. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, what are some things that you don't like? Like they can be as mundane as, you know, not doing laundry or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, cleaning, I tend to push off just because right. uh, I need to do it. But it's kind of like, do I want to do it? <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. I also don't like reading as much mm. because uh, my majors aren't exactly the ones where like reading is something you have to do, but it's right. more application based rather than like understanding or like kind of analyzing what you're reading. Right. Because while I do read like reports about different security concerns or how certain technologies are updated, I don't really have to understand 
why it was done that way, but I need to, I need to understand like how it affects certain concepts. Mm-hmm. Sort of like what it can lead into, like all the um, causal effects that it might possibly have. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Uh, jumping off of one of your interests, you said plants. Um, mm-hmm. I personally like, I mean, not to say that you can tell by looking at someone if they're into plants or not, but um, I personally didn't think that you'd be a person that was into plants. So what is uh, it about plants? Like what got you into plants? So when I first moved to Edmond to, mm-hmm. cause I'm a transfer student. I originally went to Cameron university cause I was born in Lawton. Gotcha. Um, when I moved up here, I was kind of alone in my dorm room a lot. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, uh, um, but SPB, the student programming board had like mm-hmm. a little event. They gave a little bamboo stalk in some Orbeez and I took mm-hmm. one and I was like, I can take care of this easy. So I had like a little, well, I had a few bamboo stalks in my dorm room because right. like, why not? Yeah. But when I moved to um, an apartment with family who mm. also came to UCO, I bought this plant on my birthday. And mm. I actually have a little propagation thingy right here. So it's like a rubber plant. Oh. And I've had this for, or I've had, this is a child. I had the mother for like two, almost three years. Gotcha. That's um, cool. So yeah. It just helped me like, oh, if I can take care of this plant, maybe I can take care of more. And I don't know if you can see like. Oh, yeah, I see a couple over there. Little... Yeah. Oh, that's quite a few. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. My most recent one was um, I bought this bonsai. I'm oh, very proud nice. of it. I just repotted it and watered it. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I love plants. They're so cool. cute. <laughs> is, there, is there something therapeutic about it for you? Yes. Um, whenever... So like I try to take a day, normally a Saturday or Sunday evening, to just not do work. Right. Um, it's sort of like it's sort of like a stress relief day. So mm-hmm. I just take care of my plants. Um, with the ones in water, I see if the water needs to be changed. For the ones in soils, I um, check to see if the soil is too dry, and if it is, I water them. I try to prune if necessary, but it's sort of like you don't need to worry about work. Like just take care of your plants, take care of yourself. Mm. If your plants are thirsty, you're probably thirsty. <laughs> you probably need to drink some water. Right. I'm bad uh-huh. at drinking water. So this helps me a lot. <laughs> right, right, right. It reminds you that you need to drink water. Yes. Cool. Interesting. That that correlation is interesting. Like uh, <laughs> you wouldn't think that you look at plants and like, oh, the water, the plants need some water. Or probably I need some water too, you know? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that's, 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 that's interesting. Um, is it something that you look at as a hobby or is it something that is just? Well, to be frank, I'm bad at words. So I don't know what the definition of a hobby is. Okay. <laughs> but I do like plants and I hopefully when I do have a full-time job and I have mm-hmm. a constant source of income, I want to buy a house so I can have a yard and hopefully a backyard garden. Cool. Because while these indoor plants help me, I do want to grow like flowers or maybe like some fruits, mm. vegetables in a backyard. Because in Lawton, um, I think that's where like my idea of planting came from because I bought okra seeds 
Mm. And I was like, people like okra. I don't, but like my family likes okra. Uh So let's try it out. And I planted it. It sprouted. I was like, oh, I'm doing something good. So I went um, to a little pot of soil, put it in there, started sprouting even more, growing a few um, leaves and such. Mm-hmm. So I took the pot and it was like a peat pot. So you can just put the pot in the soil and it'll biodegrade that way. Did it. It started growing bigger roots and like okra actually came out and I was like, oh, okay. Okra is pretty simple. Like I'm, I have a hundred percent success rate so far. <laughs> so, yeah. but like the concept of growing your own food Mm. um so that you can eat it or you could give it to people who want to try different foods is like something that i really enjoy oh that's nice that's nice um funnily enough actually one of the other episodes i recorded earlier today we spoke about the same thing about planting and um sort of the sentiment that it brings out in terms of being able to eat off of the ground Mm. um that that's probably going to be the episode that comes out after this one goes out um but yeah but that's that's cool I didn't see this the conversation going this way, but I appreciate you bringing that up. And yeah, I think that's something that living in a fast-paced world that we don't necessarily think about. And uh, it's cool that you find it therapeutic. Uh, mm-hmm. What are what are some fruits of thing or fruits or vegetables that you want to grow? That, like you said, you want to grow in the future. What are those that you want to grow? So like, um, I eat cucumbers, and hopefully, I could grow cucumbers in the future. But mm. there's um, a plant called a loofah. Mm. where the like the loofah exfoliator comes from oh okay Um, interesting my aunt actually grew some in lawton and Mm. like they would just get the whole plant chop it up you could have um what what do they call a dish sponge Mm. it works Mm -hmm. for dishes you could use it in the bathroom exfoliate you could use it just to clean like your shoes because it works as a brush too right i think it's pretty versatile and i would like to grow some one day okay so you, can, you don't need to spend money on buying sponges for your dishes. Just yes, them out of the plant. Um, they, be do, they do be getting expensive nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what are some things you like about planting and you don't like about planting? I mean, you mentioned a few things briefly, but like if you were to dig deep in, like what are three things that you don't like and what are three things that you do like about okay. planting? Yeah. So what I like about planting is like it isn't, universal in a sense because like while you can grow the same thing on someone else they might live in a more humid environment while here in Oklahoma it's pretty windy mm-hmm. so if you were to try to grow like um if you were to try to grow I want to say like tomatoes here it would work but if you were a little bit more sunny areas it might work even better right so it's like a self-paced kind of thing like mm. you're gonna get there you're gonna do your own journey and right. that's what I like about it mm. another thing I like about it is that like to me it's you're creating something mm. or you're helping something grow to its full potential mm. and while you look at other people and like you see these big nurseries you see these big farms and you're like wow like peach trees are everywhere apple trees are everywhere you see a bunch of strawberry bushes but they all started the same way with either seedlings in the ground or 
it's just um, something they've been growing hydroponically with some grow lights and they all started with a seed so like mm. if you could see that it's kind of like motivation like maybe I could try to grow a strawberry bush maybe I could try to grow a peace tree maybe I can help grow some flowers and make a little field in my backyard right but some of the things I don't like about gardening is mm -hmm. that it's really unpredictable because mm -hmm. while you do have seeds you're not guaranteed like every seed will germinate. You're not mm. like guaranteed each stalk you have will bear something. So like, um, even though I grew okra in Lawton, that's not a guarantee. Like they could have all just died. Mm -hmm. um, I know I bought one of those like little succulent, grow your succulent from Target. Mm -hmm. Tried it, followed instructions, misted it. And none of the none of the seeds worked. It was mm. it was actually pretty sad. <laughs> but <laughs> it goes to show you like it is fun, but you're not guaranteed hundred percent success. Mm. I also don't like the bugs. So mm. certain plants attract bugs, certain yeah. plants repel bugs. I know lavender is a good plant to repel some bugs. I think mosquitoes is one of the bugs they repel. Mm. But like um you grow marigolds which i really love marigolds they can attract bees which can be beneficial to your flowers the crops nearby and the bees itself because bees are dying that's a really right. sad thing mm. uh, there is another thing i don't like about gardening and it's that soil is becoming expensive mm. and this is like legit where math comes involved right because now you have like people with raised beds so now you actually have to use like volume and that's something i did not anticipate i would ever do in life but mm -hmm. you have to actually calculate volume and then yeah. you have to like do those word problems for math like if johnny had a 10 by 3 by 5 how yeah. many bags of soil do you need if a bag of soil is five lead and i'm like oh math <laughs> right right but now it's helping you out <laughs> yeah i'm like yes okay i mean my math teacher proved me right but i didn't prove her wrong so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotcha 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 that's interesting you mentioned something about the unpredictability of um growing plants and how you're not sure um whether something will come out of it or not uh mm -hmm. just sort of taking it into a different sort of direction um do you are you a person that doesn't like unpredictability in general or is it just when it comes to growing plants oh um what do you mean like unpredictability in general though like in things like for example um if you were if you were doing a certain thing and you were expecting something else in return um do you do you do you like or do you not like the unpredictability of the expectations that you might have it's a little deep to sort of transition <laughs> but i was just yeah, that's just a thought that popped up in my head. So I welcome any form of unpredictability mm -hmm. because, um, again, if you know me, I don't like planning just because right. when you plan, you have a set of expectations that you want to go right. Mm -hmm. And I've encountered many, many times that even if I want something to go right and I plan it to go right, it still won't go right. Mm -hmm. So Unpredictability is something that I welcome. It's something that has happened to me many times, like 
through the course of my life, through the course of this year. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm always down to like think of what could go wrong and mm-hmm. what I could do to prevent it, but I can't always guarantee it to go right. Right, right. What is it you said about what's wrong and what's right? Do you think that there is a sense of um, subjectivity associated with that? Because a lot of the times we can think that, oh, this thing at the moment, it's not right for you, but then down the road, it's something that's definitely helped you out. So like initially is that, can that subjectivity towards what's right and what's wrong sort of hinder the way you look at things like for you from I, a personal perspective? To me, it has. Mm. Um, because like, I feel like that helps people grow as a person. Mm. Um, if you always think things are going to be right, things are going to go a certain way. Um, that's great for you. Like, congrats I've never had that happen Mm. (laughs) but if like when things go off course or when things go kind of bad for you um you should treat that as a learning experience Mm -hmm. and just see what if anything that you could do because if nothing's in your control I don't think you should feel that bad um Mm. but there was something you could do differently just learn from it, try it a different way, um, just see how it goes. Right, right. Because I think, yeah, like a lot of the times we can get too um, held up about things that we can't control, like, mm-hmm. oh, why did this happen? Or why did that happen? But then at the end of the day, like, what's helped me realize, or this is something that I've realized this past year too, is that I can't control everything. I can only do the best that I can, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to worry about the things that are happening around you, but at the same time, um, if your happiness or the way you feel is going to be determined by that, you're going to be out of control. Like your emotions are going to run wild, so to speak. Yeah. 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 What are some experiences like, or if you're willing to share that you've seen that sort of progression where initially you were like, Oh no, this, I don't like how this is going. But then sometime later you saw the brighter side of it. Um, if you're willing to share again, if you're not comfortable, that's totally fine. But if there's any, are there any experiences that have sort of, you've noticed that arc? Mm. Yeah. So uh, I originally went to Cameron University Mm. and my only major at that point was computer science. But I remember taking a course in high school for forensic science and it was something that piqued my interest, but it wasn't something I was like, yeah, I want to do this for a living. So I went to Cameron. I did full-time, I think four classes each semester just to see like what college life is. Um, I didn't want to move yet because if I didn't feel like college was for me, I didn't want to waste that much money. So I just stayed at home. Mm -hmm. But at Cameron, I was like, Computer science is something I actually really like. I think I could finish my career here or college career here. Um, And plus Cameron works with the Comanche County Memorial Hospital for certain programs. So they help the hospital with um, just like how to keep track of patients. Um, They could help Fort Sill. They have helped Fort Sill in the past with certain different radar systems and stuff like that. So I was like, if I go to school here, Mm. there's like possibilities to help the community there's possibilities for me to possibly meet people 
and just stuff like that. But in 2000, dang, I'm old. It was 2016, 2017. I think that was the academic year. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out Cameron was going through a bunch of budget cuts and the computer science department was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of sad because I was like, if I stay here, I might not get the best education. And even though there are possibilities, there might not be as many mm-hmm. for each student. It might mm-hmm. be limited. Um, so I really thought about it. And like, I remember going to a college fair at Cameron because mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Like I'm already right. in college. What, what harm could it do? Mm-hmm. I talked to a recruiter from UCO and I told him like, hey, I heard you guys have a pretty good forensics program. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Um, because it's always been in the back of my mind. He goes, yeah, I mean, our forensics program is ranked not only in the top five for the state of Oklahoma, but nationally, one of the top 20, I believe, for the US. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really big deal. He goes to tell me that the former director of the FBI actually teaches. And I was like, dang that's pretty enticing because not only are you gonna, not only am I gonna still pay in-state tuition, I get to learn from people who have been in the FBI, in the OSBI, in various police departments. So I looked at it, it wasn't, the tuition and costs weren't too terribly off from Cameron University, Mm. but it's the fact that I had to move. Right. And moving was going to be a financial burden as well as a, like a social disconnect because mm-hmm. all my family were in Lawton. I didn't yeah. really know anyone at UCO. So I just thought about it. Um, it wasn't until about February or March where I decided um, that I am going to transfer. And I told my mom about it. She was like, you know, if you do this, you might need to get a new job. You might need to like rearrange how you spend stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, But it's like, if I didn't know there were budget cuts happening at Mm. Cameron, I don't think I would have transferred to UCO. Mm. But transferring to UCO has been one of the best decisions I've made because not only do I have better educational opportunities. Um, Not to this Cameron in any way, like it was great there, but just because of the experience the professors have here at UCO, Mm -hmm. I feel like it helps me learn things in a more practical sense than a classroom setting. Yeah. Um, But I've also met some of my best friends here at UCO. So like I was pretty shy, but eventually I came out of my shell. Mm. I've met a lot of great people here. I've met a lot of great faculty, staff, and advisors. And I don't regret transferring here. And I feel like that sort of like step out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. has paid off tremendously. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, You mentioned how you don't regret moving here to the to Edmond and to the University of Central Oklahoma, what are some things that you've learned from UCO, let's say? 
like something that's or yeah let's let's go with that one first what are some things that you've learned from UCO from your interactions with people or being part of multiple sort of organizational boards on campus and so on and so forth what are some things that you've learned mm, i learned that um representation matters because mm-hmm. in growing up i didn't see a lot of mexicans or asians in leadership positions mm-hmm. um i graduated with uh i don't remember how many mexicans or asians but i know it was just a handful but i didn't graduate with that many so that probably makes sense mm-hmm. so when i moved here um the first thing i saw were international students people of color um who were just around the campus and i was like oh this is different for me i've never seen this before <laughs> yeah and not only that i saw edmond and okc like the leadership in both those cities mm-hmm. and i was just like wow they have a lot here that i didn't see in lawton mm-hmm. so like in okc there's the asian districts there's um Calle del Cinco which is southwest 25th street and it's mm. a really popular hispanic place mm. um there's just different events that happen in okc and events that happen in edmond and events that happen at uco where i feel like i've gotten to know a lot more mm-hmm. outside of the classroom and i feel like that's helped me grow as a person mm. Mm. why do you think representation matters because so growing up as a hispanic male like my dad mm-hmm. was mexican mhm and most of the times the things that i would see on tv regarding mexican american or mexicans in general were negative like mm. it would be a drug bust and the suspects were hispanic it would be um maybe like a hit and run a drive by mm. shooting it would just be stuff that would paint hispanics in a negative light mm. that i felt like um if many kids saw it they would just see it as like this is what i'm bound to be mm. but here in okc in edmond i've seen several hispanic asian black lgbtq plus and other identities become great leaders and i'm like they're doing something for their community while also showing that these kids can do it too mm. so that's why i feel like representation matters the most Mm. it's it's empowering you would say mm-hmm. in a lot of yes. ways it gives yes. you it shows you that you can do things and you don't have to be a certain way to get somewhere in life yeah and it also shows you that you have a mentor because these people not only got into the positions they are in now they want to help other people mm. in similar positions yeah do you think again if you're comfortable sharing um have you had any experiences where you've experienced the negative side of things that made you feel like oh i guess i'm i'm i guess the word destined is a little too strong but i'm going to end up the same place based off of what i'm seeing like have you had those sort of experiences at all i've not had those experiences um like yeah i've had like some people give me a dirty look just mm-hmm. because i'm not white like that's yeah. just a thing 
but mm. it's something I've gotten used to, unfortunately. Um, I've had thoughts about it because yeah. I'm like, is there, like growing up, is there like a place for me to grow? Is there like a safe space where I will have people who will support me in this mm. outside of family? But I've not had any experiences where I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, this is the only way of life. Mm. I've not had any of those. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, you mentioned uh, that your, your dad is Mexican. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to pivot into a slightly more lighter topic. Um, you mentioned that you also like soccer. Yeah. Did that have something to do with it? Like the, because Mexico is very much into their soccer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So was that something was, that played a role in getting you into it? It was kind of like, a, it was like a two part decision. So mm-hmm. yes, my father is Mexican and he helped me get into soccer. Mm. But I also like many school children, we played soccer mm. in elementary school. But like playing soccer um, at school and then watching, learning more about soccer from him helped me kind of like understand what the sport is. Mm. And I really appreciate him taking time to do that. Right, right. Did it help you connect with him in a different level, you would say? Yes. Um, the first World Cup I think we watched together was 2002 in mm. Japan, Korea. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, this is actually like a game game. Like people get paid for this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's when he started telling me like basically what the rules are, why some people can do it, why some can't. Um, and just like what what the World Cup actually means. Like it's the nations mm. representing their confederations. It's the people representing their nations. It's basically the biggest stage for any soccer match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also, in my person, we've talked about this before off air that about soccer and we mm-hmm. both like soccer, but um, I, I used to follow soccer. I wouldn't say it's something that I kept up with that often, but it was... I think the 2018 World Cup was probably one of the best World Cups, I guess, that's ever sort of heard a lot of people say. Um, this is true. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say it was the best World Cup. Okay. Um, but I would say it was one of the most memorable. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I don't have anything. I don't have a larger sample size to say which one was the best <laughs> one because, you know, I haven't watched as much. But yeah. that was sort of like the pivotal point for me to like actually put myself a lot more into soccer. So what is it about soccer that you like watching um, or that keeps you in high spirits? What is it, what is it about the sport? Ah, uh, everything. I love the atmosphere it creates. I love how simple the game is. I mm. love how, how big the fan base is. So right. like most of the best leagues are mm. in Europe. So we right. have the German league, the French league, Spanish league, the English league, and everyone has their eyes on right. certain teams in those leagues. So like in England, some of the best teams are like Liverpool FC, Manchester United, Manchester City, right. Chelsea. And it's not only a 
there's not only a fan base in those cities they also expand to the world so like yeah. i've seen people in indonesia um south africa here in oklahoma people are wearing these international or like not international they they wear these jerseys from across the sea right so i feel like that global outreach mm-hmm. is just something that in my opinion makes soccer one of the best sports yeah i think it's one of the world's most watched sports right like yes, in terms I of the amount so. of people in terms of the amount of people it brings together mm-hmm. yeah i think in a lot of ways it's quite beautiful cuz uh, i i mentioned the 2018 world cup earlier i would go out with a friend of mine weekends uh, my friend was colombian and we'd go to like beat ups or buffalo wild wings for those of you who don't <laughs> know um we'd go and watch like games and beat ups and yeah. it was it was really fun like watching the games in a atmosphere like that it mm-hmm. was something different from watching it on your own couch at home sure i mean mm-hmm. you can still enjoy the game for sure but i think that collective sort of atmosphere it brings and i think it's not just unique to soccer i think it's the same with a lot of different sports um it just brings people together in some yeah. way or the other which is really beautiful which is yeah i think not not many things in this world have the ability to bring thing bring people together because most things you see in the media now is just people being torn apart and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think that's one beautiful gift that we have as sport that brings people together um have you played soccer a lot or like in the past or now do you still play soccer i stopped playing competitively after mm-hmm. the 5th grade um, gotcha. just because i didn't feel like it's something i wanted to do as an obligation right. i do like to play um with friends when we can mm-hmm. so i'm not like that person who goes and scores the goal yeah i'm more like the guy in the back just because i hate running i hate <laughs> running for the ball <laughs> i would rather try You'd rather to block, be a defender yeah i'd rather try to block the ball with mm-hmm. any part of my body rather than right. like go up the field cuz i'm like that's not my job <laughs> right <laughs> so you you probably enjoy the sport watching the sport more than playing it no oh, yeah definitely yeah yeah that yeah. is no secret <laughs> yeah and, and again i i think there's nothing wrong with that specifically like if you like watching a sport more than so be it like you know i can't think of the last time i played soccer to be honest um it was probably back home mm. was it back home yeah i think it was back home in india when i was in school i might be forgetting something but i feel like it was back home <laughs> um, so yeah like you i enjoy watching the sport a lot more than playing it um what are, what are some of your favorite teams or your favorite players excuse me <clears throat> okay so my all my favorite players are going to be defenders okay because that's my bias so like right. um maldini mm-hmm. one of the best defenders in the game um puyol italian from ac milan Yeah. Yes, yes. Just put things into context. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's a legend at AC Milan. I feel mm-hmm. like they should name something after him soon, but mm. I don't know yet. Yeah. Um I really like Carles Puyol from FC mm. Barcelona. He's that one man club. Mm. One club man. My bad. Very <laughs> good. Yeah. It's just the loyalty the time he spent and also what he's been able to achieve with them yeah. is just why I have why I fell in love with FC Barcelona 
Mm-hmm. People think it's like, oh, you like Messi. I'm like, Messi's good, but it's like, I like defenders, not really <laughs> attackers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It went from Puyol to Pique, but now Pique's kind of getting old. So right. <laughs> hopefully we have someone from the academy go up. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do you think maybe a Garcia from Barcelona who's, or from, he's in City right now, Manchester City, but mm-hmm. do you think he'd be someone that could replace them? Probably. Yeah. Um, I know the um, U.S. international Dest, Serginho Dest is at Barcelona right now. Yeah. Alongside with um, Conrad De La Fuentes. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see them succeed there. Like an American playing at one of my best clubs or my favorite clubs. Yeah. yeah. I would absolutely buy their jerseys in a heartbeat once I yeah. had the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because those jerseys are expensive. Really expensive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, this is something that I wanted to talk about because we spoke about the fact that we talk more about soccer on this episode. Um, is the sort of, I don't know if this is the right word, but the, psycho, the psychology of following soccer in some way. I mean, I'm no way a psychology major or anything, but um, I think psychology is maybe a heavy word, but like just the way that people approach it. Um, you see a lot of these fandoms and uh, like, for example, there's a Ronaldo fan club and there's a Messi fan club yeah. and it's either you like him or you hate him or you love mm-hmm. him or you hate him. It's that sort of very one dimensional. It's either this or that sort of um, sentiment that people might have towards soccer or the players. Um, why do you think that is? Like, do you, Have you thought about that ever? I have. I think it's just, to me, it's the mindset of this person is the best. Right. And that's a fact. So, like, people think Messi is the best and they have the right to. Yeah. I am indifferent about it. I don't know if I consider him the best yet, but he is one of the best players currently playing. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are who say that Ronaldo is the best. And, yeah, Ronaldo is pretty good. He's established himself in three different countries. I think he's a great player. Right. But it also could rely on club rivalries. Mm. So, like, the reason, or I think one of the reasons the Messi-Ronaldo debate is so big is because they played at Barcelona and Real Madrid, respectively. Right. And that is one of the biggest rivalries in the world. Mm-hmm. Um. I can tell you I am one-sided on that rivalry. I think mm-hmm. Barcelona is the best club just mm-hmm. because um, I have very strong feelings against Real Madrid. And mm-hmm. I don't let it be unknown whenever I talk to my Real Madrid friends. They're like, <laughs> you see the game? And I'm like, don't talk to me about the game. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a factor. It also could be a factor because um, – they not only represent a club, they represent a nation. Mm. Messi is from Argentina. Ronaldo is from Portugal. So they have club supporters and country on their back. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard title to have. But when you're like that, and you've proven yourselves to be one of the greats, I don't think they have any problem yeah. playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I personally, and I've heard quite a few journalists like, soccer journalists say this 
it's like why can we not enjoy both of them mm-hmm. like you know wh- what is what is stopping us from enjoying both of them and i think some of it is what you just said about um sort of that hardcore association with one side yeah as you know i i personally i i would say i fall into that bracket of being oh i just enjoy soccer in general um while i personally prefer ronaldo um i don't necessarily hate messi before when i wasn't necessarily a huge fan like you you know what the term plastic fan right i used to probably yeah. talk a plastic fan before until yeah. 2018 but after 2018 i'm probably a more um i don't know if i'm necessarily that knowledgeable but uh i'm quite knowledgeable i would say a knowledgeable soccer fan and not necessarily a plastic fan and i think watching the sport has sort of um developed a perspective that i never thought it would have like for example um liverpool which is one of the teams that plays in the english premier league um like the, the psychology associated with the manager uh, who's german um mm-hmm. jurgen klopp and like the team that they've had or that the with the, the trajectory that they've had i just find it quite fascinating like um cuz they're a team that is very much representative of um the manager himself like his personality yes. is like the personality of the team so i i just find that quite interesting cuz i don't think people necessarily think about stuff like this quite deeply mm-hmm. but uh, i i'm i'm someone that does i i you someone that thinks about it that way too yeah i agree 100% like um jurgen klopp has done wonders at liverpool yeah. considering when he came in 2015 he quickly like set a game plan of what he wanted yeah. and who he wanted right i feel like many managers are like that like jose mourinho right um, i believe he's the current manager for tottenham hotspur another mm-hmm. team in the english premier league but he has a more defensive mindset yeah you could see it um when he coached uh, porto fc from the portuguese league or real madrid from the right. spanish league and you could see how his how his mindset affects the player he chooses to be in the starting 11 he mm-hmm. plays um great defenders and a lot more midfielders um but he plays strikers who can handle like one on one situations whereas it's more counter attacking yes where you see as like um uh like of course pep guardiola from mm-hmm. manchester city he has more of um of like a i would say like a passive play because he mm. tries to see what techniques the opposition uses and then tries to catch them off guard in a yeah. sense so just seeing how their mindsets are different you can see how their squads are different because guardiola plays with more midfielders but they are prone to attacking yeah yeah for sure like uh i think recently there was a book that came out um i haven't bought it yet but i'm i want to buy it like it's about the journey that liverpool has taken from that point in 2015 to mm-hmm. winning the champions league which is probably one of the biggest trophies to win in the world in terms of yes. soccer other than the world cup of course for club mm-hmm. football specifically and winning the league cup or like the english premier league um i just find it fascinating like the way uh, like if you dig deep enough i mean i guess this is everything in life but like even in sport there's a lot of life lessons to pick out pick out um yeah 
Yeah. Do you, do you, are there any life lessons that you've picked out of soccer or that you've thought about if not necessarily if you've picked out? Yes. Um, this is not only for soccer. I've seen this yeah. in many other sports, but just like being patient mm. can really play wonders because while you can sign great players yeah. and you can have um, what's considered like a stacked team, like everyone can do their job well it's not going to mean much if they don't know how to play with each other. Yeah. But like something that was that highlighted this was um, the hockey film miracle mm. where the U S coach recruited um, a bunch of college students instead of professional hockey players to represent the U S Olympic, mm. I think in 1984. Um, but it was the winter Olympics and he didn't want people that were essentially like great at their positions. He wanted people that were great at playing well with others mm-hmm. so that they could grow um, and then find their own individual strengths. Like there was a, there was a scene in the movie where they were running drills and three players were connecting so well that he called them in his office and they thought they were going to be cut. But he said, how would you guys feel if you guys, um, ran the same drill with each other like whenever they ran the drill they would go as a trio Mm. and they said that they connected pretty well and they would love to do the opportunity Mm. and i feel like just understanding that team chemistry plays into every sport Mm. just shows you that you can't rush a title right yeah because sometimes you're very much like oh i want it now but yes. then there is that sense of patience that we all need. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you try and associate it with uh, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp or your, I don't know, your promotion at the job that you work at, you know, it's like, it's going to take time. Like you have to put in the groundwork to be able to get there. And I'm not talking about this from a perspective of like having lived life or anything. It's just an observation, I guess. Yes. Um, more so that you know it takes a lot of patience and that's a huge thing and you also spoke about teamwork because um, I'm sure you've also been a part of a lot of organizations on campus and yes, there I is have. a sense of there's a sense of teamwork over there where you have to work together towards reaching a certain goal sure there's always going to be negative experiences because it's like both sides of the coin like you know there's always going to be pros and cons but mm-hmm. um, eventually like you do pick out something that sticks with you from being a part of a team because yes i guess like it's like, like that saying goes like unity is in unity is in strength is that right i don't know if i'm I framing it right <laughs> but yeah like there is there is strength in unity and being together and um, especially during times like this when everything is so divided i think mm-hmm. sports can be one of those huge reminders that we can be together and not just in the frame of soccer but in the frame of life, because especially with recent events uh, at the time of recording, which is, and, um, you know, just things in general, like it just feels like the world is tearing itself apart Mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, bring coming together. Um, Yes. Yeah. Do you think, I don't, I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, (laughs) um, Soccer is still a sport that's, still growing in America um, to speak about it from a more commercial sense. It's not at the height of um, American football, like the NFL or Mm -hmm. NBA for that matter. 
Um, do you see any sort of thought processes or something that could possibly help elevate the sport in this country? So I think it's just exposure to the sport itself because right. um, at least I feel here in America, the mm. top three sports is going to always be baseball, football, and basketball. Right. Like, yes, there is hockey and yes, there is soccer, but I don't, I don't think those are highlighted as much as the other three, um, just because of how big the other three are. So like baseball has been here since about the forties or fifties. It was, right. it is America's pastime sport. Basketball has just grown over the country. Like you have teams in Oklahoma, you have teams in Ohio, you have mm. teams coast to coast. NFL, oh, I don't know when the NFL started, but I'm like NFL, the National Football League has established itself here. Yeah. Um, for a while too, as long or probably the same time as baseball. Yeah. So they've grown with the country and now everyone sees the NFL shield. They know that there's football happening somewhere. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think so. That's the case with India too. Like, I mean, it's growing a little more now, but mm -hmm. cricket is like the go-to sport, like how football is to America. I would mm -hmm. say cricket is to India, but magnify that by like a hundred because like the, the emotions that go into the way people feel about cricket, it's just crazy. Like <laughs> you, have, you have moments when, when the national team is winning, you have people like sort of celebrating in the streets, like, um, you know, it's very celebratory, but then mm -hmm. you see them lose the World Cup and then you have, you see people burning effigies of the captain. Yeah. It can get very divisive and very polarizing, I guess. So, yeah, I think, I, I personally feel like it's, it'd be more happier if we were able to be in between that spectrum rather than being at the extremes. Yes. But hey, like we said, you can't control everything. You can just hope for the best. Yeah. Sort of try and spread the message of <laughs> being in that middle zone rather than being in the extremes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I feel like, um, like we could help bring exposure to the sports mm. because if you think about it basketball is probably the closely related sports to both soccer and hockey because mm. um well at least to me basketball is also one of my favorite sports because right. you see not only a bunch of superstars but you also see like I said, the team chemistry within each organization. Right. And in my perspective, there's more team chemistry happening within hockey, basketball, and soccer mm -hmm. than compared to baseball, where um, it's not much team chemistry, but it's more team trust. Like, I trust you're going to get this ball. I trust right. that you're going to make a great play. Mm -hmm. Or um, in and the NFL, the National Football League, there's more trust between a certain number of players. So you trust um, your offensive line that they're mm. gonna stop anyone from coming. You trust that one receiver is going to be open and you trust that that quarterback is going to 
throw a perfect throw or pass to that receiver. Mm. But right. like there are going to be some instances where team chemistry is involved. It's just not as prevalent in mm. those two sports. Yeah. 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 I, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, just to take a bit of a hard pivot, I guess, from soccer <laughs> to, because I can't necessarily think of a better way to do it. But So we're just going to transition into it like hard. Like okay. a hard turn. Um, you mentioned that you have a lot of interest in computer science and forensic science. What yes. is it about, what is it about those two things that sort of um, engage you in it? So it's all because of my high school teachers. Mm. Um, I had a high school teacher, um, Mr. Prost. I don't know if he still works at Cash, but mm. he helped me learn about coding mm. and um, HTML and stuff like that. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I don't mind doing this. So mm. I was eager to learn outside of the classroom. I started doing Code Academy. I looked up um, certain coding videos and stuff like that just to see what coding is and what the languages mean because it's not all in one language. Like there's Python, there's SQL, there's Java and JavaScript, which I cannot stress enough are two separate things. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> There's C sharp and C++, again, mm. two separate things. And it's just like, it's so big. Yeah. And to me, it's something I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing this. Right. But in my last year or my senior year of high school, I took an introduction to forensic science course because I was like, I need an elective. Forensic science sounds pretty dope. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And um, the teacher I had, Mr. Reynolds, mm -hmm. I feel like he's a great teacher because he explained things that I could understand. So when he explained what different types of evidence mm -hmm. is, as well as what they mean in like a courtroom, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like I was like, okay, I can understand what trace evidence is. I can understand what casting means, mm -hmm. which is where you use, um, normally it's like dental stone or cement yeah. where you can put over a shoe print to perfectly preserve it so it can be further analyzed. Um, and it was like that thing where I was like, this is actually kind of cool. But then he started talking about um, the other side of forensics, which is the um, biology and chemistry side. So like toxicology, you mm -hmm. have forensics pathology, or right. you have medical examiners. And I don't deal well with blood. <laughs> so that's like not for me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until the final month of school when mm -hmm. we started talking about digital forensics, because the discipline itself is relatively new. Yeah. with computers being widely available in the 90s, um, late 80s, stuff like that. So digital forensics is one of the things that they're still trying to figure out, like what are the best methods, what are the best procedures, and what are the best tools for this discipline? Mm. And I remember him talking about what it was, and I yeah. paired it so well in my head with what coding was, mm. and it just clicked. So that's why it was always in the back of my head. 
Yeah. Cool. I think based off of what you just said, I think uh, the teachers, like you said, have played a huge role in sort of you liking these two things. Yeah. Um, how important do you think it is for us to have good teachers? Because uh, I've always heard like back in the day, like at least when some of my teachers would say, it's only 20 teachers, oh, the teachers only have to put in 20% of the effort, but the rest of it, like the 80% is on you kind of thing. But I still feel like that 20% is still very important. So for you as a, like from your perspective, how important is it that the teachers sort of create that atmosphere, if you will, for you to like what you're learning? I think it's very important because um, regardless of what education you're in, you can be elementary, middle school, high school, or even in college. If you see a professor, a teacher just go mm-hmm. up and they speak in a monotone, kind of repetitive way you're not going to learn that much right even in college I've had some professors who um they just don't try to bring any energy to the classroom they just sort of um like put facts out there and expect you to understand and comprehend them yeah some teachers I've had like um they not only put facts but they add why they matter um they add what they've done or mm. like personal anecdotes to where this comes into play in the real world. Right. And I feel like having that kind of like connection between what you're learning and why it matters is super important because you see what it leads to rather than what it is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like you said, I think those anecdotes that they share, it sort of makes it more relatable mm-hmm. if you will. It gives you like, again, it gives you that sort of framework to sort of see, oh, this is what can happen. Or there's many ways that this can go. And I think it lets, it lets your imagination do the work for you. Um, Rather than being like, rather than being in math class where you're just thrown with multiple theorems and you're like, oh, okay. I just have Mm -hmm. to like mug this up and then vomit it back onto my paper. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I, Yeah. I mean, I personally have subjects that I don't like or I've had subjects that I don't like even in high school and things. But um, yeah, like there are some teachers that I still remember, like even if not much for the things that they taught me in terms of like the subject, but just the teachers, like for them being themselves, I think I still remember a lot of them for those reasons. And I think it's really it's really important to have good teachers. And I mean, I'm not saying all teachers are bad or like, because they have their own struggles, of course. Like, you know, yeah. we don't we yeah. don't see what's happening behind the wall, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, it's nice. It's nice to have a teacher who can like sort of help your imagination take you to places and sort of help you create a framework that you like rather than following a set sort of template. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, you're someone that likes the unpredictability of things. You don't want to like plan um, yeah. So yeah, I think it sort of falls into place in that sense too. You're like you want your imagination to take you there. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, anyway, I think transitioning into the last third of this episode, or the last quarter, I guess, of this episode, we're gonna go into this segment called uh, Bish Bash Bosh, where uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen clips. For those of yes. you who don't know, I do put up these clips on Instagram as well, so go check them out on. Uh, uh, random relatability's Instagram page. I've linked that down below as well. So go check it out for the previous episodes. Um, but yeah, so basically I'll give the guest 
uh, five words. And these are five recurring words that I'll be throwing at every guest that I have on. And they have to respond to these words in three, three words or in three phrases. Um, so like, for example, if I was to say soccer, the first three things that come to the guest's mind is what they'd have to say. So I'm assuming you, you already know what this is. So yeah. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the five words and you let me know what you think. So okay. the first word is differences. What comes to your mind when I say the word differences? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I would probably say like respect. Mm. Diversity mm. and and personal. Mm. Those are the three words I would say. Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. What, what what do you what comes to mind, or what are the three things that come to mind when I say the word nuance? Mm. What is a nuance? I don't know what that word means. It's kind of like knowing that there is, it's not just black and white, that there is a lot of gray. Um, like, for example, we just think, I mean, in most cases, sure, like we associate things to have just two, like a coin to have two sides. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot more to it than what meets the eye. So uh, I, I, that's how I would put it. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the three words I would probably say is, um, Perspective, mm. facts, mm. and listening. Interesting. Those are the three words. I like the fact that you mentioned listening on there because <laughs> I think it's important to understand nuance. So cool. Yes. Uh, the third word is learning. What comes to your mind when I say the word learning? Ooh, learning, growth, mm. fun. Mm and probably experience nice uh the fourth word is um wait what is the empathy (laughs) i forgot the word for a second yeah (laughs) empathy i think in my head empathy is friendships Mm. um support systems and just self-care is something I would say yeah cool uh the last word is um similarities what comes to your mind when I say the word similarities 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 would probably in my head be for unity. Mm-hmm. No, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. Whatever comes to your mind first. Well, that's the thing. I have a limited vocabulary, so <laughs> <laughs> I said most of the words I know already. <laughs> uh, so unity mm-hmm. dang mm. 
Mm, this is going to give me a second. Um, no worries. Do you, do you think that there's some similarities that you could possibly pick out from soccer and like the lessons that it throws at you in terms of life lessons or yeah similarities in that sense or similarities in that sense um or anything like similarities that you can pick out from um planting and forensic science i don't know like you know oh. <laughs> yeah there can be similarities in there because like um like i said being patient mm. oh yeah for sure um in planting in any basically hobby or discipline you never stop learning right um i feel like learning is something you always do as a person mm -hmm. and just personal growth in my opinion mm. gotcha gotcha cool uh so for the last two questions of the well the last one's not a question necessarily but for the penultimate sort of question um how do you relate to people like in any scenario like irrespective of them having different opinions compared compared to you or similar opinions well what are some things that you find as ways to relate to people so the first thing i do is like i just try to i try to see from their perspective mm -hmm. um but i can't always see eye to eye with them because i'm not gonna see what they see right uh, like i have so i'm both hispanic and asian my mom mm -hmm. is i always get these two mixed up i think she's from china mm. but she was born in vietnam okay so like there's that mm -hmm. my dad is mexican so it's right. like i can understand certain things but like i can't understand what it means to be like um like someone who came from vietnam or someone who came from china I, i'm not gonna relate to them even though yeah. we're both technically like asian mm. um but I try to see why they think the way they think. Mm. Um, and then I see, or I tell myself, what would I do in that position? Right. Because would it be different? Would it be the same? Mm -hmm. If it would be the same, I can see why we have similar opinions. But if it would be different, maybe I can understand why they would choose a different option than mm -hmm. what I would choose. Yeah. Do you think that it takes a level? This is probably a sub question to this main question, but do you think that it takes some sense of acceptance, even though you can't relate to them? Like, sort of be like, okay, um, you know, I don't get it, but they probably have yeah. doing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It it can be weird at first because mm -hmm. I met people who are like, um, who just I don't agree with some of the things they say. Yeah. Um, and I'm like all right, you do you. Like, I'll right. still talk to you. I'm still your friend, but it's like, I just don't agree 100% with that statement. Yeah. yeah. But it does, it does feel weird the first time because mm -hmm. you're just like, you know, like, there's something you don't agree on, but right. you still agree on a majority of things. And it's kind of like that mindset of you could talk. 
hours and hours about similar subjects, but the moment something in your mind that's controversial comes up, you just don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair, fair. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So in that sense, let's head on to this last, again, not a question, but more of a request, if you will. Um, leave, leave the people with a positive thought or a positive affirmation or whatever it is that you want to leave us with. Uh, so it's been like a weird year for everyone. Yeah. That's no secret. Uh, but the fact that you made it this far means that you're still trying. You're still trekking through. Just don't give up. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this year has seen things from like pandemic to calls for major reforms in all parts of the nation to even like as simple as going to register to vote if you can. Like, if you're still adamant about those things, don't let it die. Mm. Don't let it just be a 2020 thing. Like, just keep it going. Yeah. Keep doing you. Only you can be you. Just mm. don't stop. Yeah. Fight the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. Fight the good fight. And on that note, thank you, David, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time off to do this, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, yeah, I really appreciated it. It was very insightful. I didn't really think about half of those questions until today so thank you for that yeah no worries dude and thank you for everybody who's watching and listening i'll see you we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening to this episode of perspective platoon with prateek make sure to follow david on his social media accounts subscribe to the podcast leave a review on the platform of your choice and follow random relatability on social media Share your thoughts on the guest introduction post on the Random Relatability Instagram page and also check the description for other sources of information and content that we've talked about today. If you've made it this far, thank you once again. I really appreciate you listening to the entire episode and joining in on the conversation. Until next time, stay safe, take care and don't forget to keep your mind open to different perspectives because you never know. Random relatability might just be around the corner.